Hello and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, I'm so excited. I have Dr. Bridget here and we're talking about something definitely wedding related, but like that you could use all the time, which is the importance of your smile. And we all know in this pandemic, everybody's really focusing on self-care. And that should really start with, you know, mind, body, spirit. And a lot of people are taking the time to, you know, fix any any teeth issues they might have had, whitening, anything like that. So uh, Dr. Bridget, I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And you're right. During the pandemic, everyone is so into self-care. And it's funny because so many people want to go get their teeth done right now because it's like the perfect time because everyone's at home and you're also wearing masks. So it's definitely been a boost in people getting their teeth done. And I think that we always need to take care of our teeth. I'm sad that the pandemic is what, you know, made a lot of people kind of come through the door, but um, I'm excited for us to kind of get into it. And we'll talk about the brides and what we can do for brides and their smiles, because I definitely do see a lot of brides and I'll give you my one tip for the brides, which is do not wait for the last second to come in. That's the number one thing that I kind of see with my brides. They'll come in and be like, my wedding's actually in five minutes. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that's my number one tip for the brides. They need to come in earlier. Um, You're right on that because I feel like brides wait last minute on a lot of things that like require some preparation over time, you know, like it's like getting in that workout routine and we're a week before the wedding and they're like, oh, well, I need to like work out every single day. It's like, no, no, like that needs months of preparation. And then you have, you know, the first dance. I mean, you and I both know this as, you know, uh, past ballroom dancers, should we say. And it's like wanting to learn that dance three days before the wedding. Impossible. Literally impossible. Um, I like as someone who used to compete, I I couldn't have that stress three days before. Yeah. A hundred percent. I remember before my wedding, um, my husband and I would like move all the couches in our apartment and I would dance and like, okay, we have to do this. We have to do this. You got to dance. You got to dance. We were practicing for a while though. It's for, you know, it takes a while for something to turn into muscle memory because on your wedding, you get so nervous. I'm like a previous professional ballroom dancer. And even at my wedding, the second it was time to go out to do that dance, I was like, oh my God, it's so nerve wracking just because like the wedding is so emotional and there's 10,000 things happening. Definitely. And it's just like, you want to feel like comfortable with what you're doing. And even as people who, who do that, it's still nerve wracking for us. So hundred percent. So I wanted to tell you this story because I feel like you're the only one who will care about this story when like no one else cares, but it's about teeth. <laughs> so I will, I care about everything that has to do with teeth. So when I got my wisdom teeth, taken out, which is now many years ago, very early twenties, probably 2021. I got all four of them done at the same time. 
um, because I'm, I'm like really dramatic like that, you know, it's like an all or nothing situation. Um, me too. I did the same. Yeah. And I'm glad that I did. It's the yeah. best way to go. Just, just bang it out. Done. Yeah. And afterwards, like I have like an obsession with like good teeth and I wanted to see what my wisdom teeth looked like when they came out. Like I'm just dying to see how big they were. And when I tell this story to other people, they're like, why were you like basically like harassing the dentist to see your teeth? I go, I wasn't, I just wanted to see them. And they threw them out before I could see them. Well, I can send you pictures of some wisdom teeth any time of the day. <laughs> any time of the day, just text me, be like, Bridget, I want to see you. I'll snap one for you. Um, usually, wisdom teeth, when they come out, they're not like this pretty, perfect tooth that you would expect to want to see because they're usually like, like this, and they're like, the roots are going this way and that way. And they look a lot of times look like little baby octopus, which is what I always say. I'm like, this one looks like a little octopus, so it's not like this beautiful little tooth that you'd expect. I said, I was like, I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I definitely have to tell Dr. Bridget the story when she comes on. And he's like, don't tell her that she's going to be crazy. And I was like, no, no, I appreciate any story that involves. I go, if anyone's going to appreciate the story, it is Dr. Bridget. So I love it. (laughs) I'm going to send you a picture of it with you. This is what it is. Oh my God. I love it. So funny. Um, yeah, even leading up to that, I like watched videos of like them doing the teeth extraction. I just wanted to see what that it is not a good idea. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know you would think that would have scared me off, right? But I, yeah. but no, I was like, oh my god, I just can't wait to see them like come out. It's like so satisfying. I'm it not is. a dentist or anything, but no, no, it is satisfying. It's satisfying. Need to come out, definitely. <laughs> Maybe you could have been a dentist. I said, if I ever went down the medical route, it'd probably be that or a dermatologist. I just like the thought of like something like being like taken out or taken away. Like, I don't think I could be like a real surgeon, like me, like, like heart surgery and stuff like that. But like, like more like smaller things, like little incisions would make me feel like. Yeah. All right. We're going to send you back to dental school then. <laughs> oh God. I don't think I could sit through any more school at this point, but you know, I'll never say never. Yeah. So I wanted to, we're going to touch on all the things that you do because you have so many projects you're involved in and don't worry, like I won't miss a beat. But (laughs) um, I wanted to ask you because we, you know, I've seen you so much on the Island to East side Instagram and you're, you're modeling for them and you're, you're, you're modeling, you're a dentist. You have a new jewelry line that we're going to talk about. You're, you're like an influencer. You have these like gorgeous, stunning photos, reels that you post. I'm still trying to figure that out myself, but like you are our modern day Blair Waldorf Oh, but I should like, put on my headband. I should have put on a headband. I got to go get one. Um, <laughs> babe, can you bring me a headband since I'm the modern Blair Waldorf? We'll put yes. One match. <laughs> I need a headband. Uh, which one of your four do you like? Of the four, whichever one you like. Set, give me one. I love it. I love that. Um, I love that your husband is like on board with this. Like he knows, he gets it. He doesn't particularly have a choice, but yes, he is definitely on board. Listen, when you're, when you're like a boss woman, like ourselves, like our men just like, they understand. 
There is no. You can't be managed, you know. Oh wait, this is great. Hold on, come. (laughs) I see you can pick one of my ten thousand headbands. Oh, oh, first of all, I'm obsessed with that basket, and we need that black one with the jewels. Yeah, that's it. This one's very aggressive, so I love it. Very extra, so. Your your headband basket and my headband basket actually are the same. This is just one. Love it. Where this came from. (laughs) Headband obsession. So this one's like this one's like the queen. I I queen of Genovia. I I love it. I love it. I actually, it's so funny. You have a short bob haircut. I cut my hair last night. I didn't have a short bob before. I love it. I, first of all, it suits you perfectly. It looks beautiful. Thank you. I had a bob for years, curly. If, like yeah. people who don't know me can't even picture that. I have really curly hair normally. Today is just straight. But yeah, I had a short curly bob like here for like years and years. Oh, and it makes it so much easier. My hair was like kind of up to here yesterday before I got this haircut. And I was just like, you know what? It's not kind of not long, not short, neither here nor there. I might as well just do the bob. Uh, I had tried to grow my hair out so many times and was like, no, I hate this in between period. Chop it. Yeah. And one day I was just like, okay, like I started the growing out process and then I was like, oh, I took all this time. So, but every once in a while, I have the itch to chop it off. It's just hair, it grows back, makes no exactly. difference. Exactly. So let me ask you, with, with everything going on and, you know, obviously like looking at your social media and stuff, it looks like you are absolutely killing it. You got it all going on. How are you doing throughout everything in the pandemic? Like how has life been for you personally, professionally? Um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was really hard because a lot of people switched to working from home. Obviously, that wasn't really something that we could do, considering I'm not going to be seeing patients within my home. So for three months, I actually didn't work at all um, in the office and the office was closed. We were only coming in to see like very big emergencies. So it was a big transition for me because I'm used to like seeing my patients and being interactive and working on my skills and my crafts on a daily basis. And then it's like, you know, that whole, it's like your lifeline gets cut off for three months. So that was hard. But the interesting thing is that like during the pandemic is when I started taking to Instagram more because I was like, I don't really have anything else to do right now. I would wake up in the morning. I kind of started to um, develop some morning routines and work on my mindfulness, meditating and trying to like really take advantage of the time off from being at the office. And then I was like, you know what? I just need to do something else that's going to help me interact with people because that's so much of what I love to do. And I think that that's like a really big component of being a dentist. Like other than working with your hands and fixing teeth, creating smiles, you're also interacting with people all day, every day. And I feel like I was missing that. So I was like, you know what? I can do that through Instagram. So I started doing lives and going on stories and um, it just became like a fun thing to do. I wasn't really trying to you know, become a quote unquote influencer per se. And I don't, I don't know that I am, but you know, it kind of just evolved into I'm sharing my daily life. And then it started as like little, and then it turned into, okay. So I just love to talk to people and give advice, even if it's from dental advice to the makeup I use on my eyebrows or whatever the case may be. And like, I just love it. So that's, I think the pandemic was actually not bad for me as, as much as I love dentistry and what I was doing was like 
sharpening up my skills and doing lots of virtual courses during that time that I was home because why not? Um, I also kind of started this whole Instagram thing and it was fun. So here we are. And, and whatever you're doing, you're doing right because these photo shoots, these reels, I mean, they are stunning. Thank you. I mean, I love me a good photo shoot. I always have. I've always been that girl. So, you know, uh, that's just comes with the territory. Hey, you know what? Real business women are multifaceted. You know, yeah. why, why do I have to do just one thing? Like I never understood why I had to just do dentistry. And like, that's something that I used to post about and write about. Like even in my first day of dental school, it's funny that you were saying that I'm the modern day Blair Waldorf. If you like look on my Instagram and I'll send you this on the very first day of dental school, I did look like Blair Waldorf. Like actually I came in with a skirt, a shirt with a little bow tie and like eight inch stiletto heels on my first day of dental school. And I walk in and everyone's like, who the hell does this girl even think that she is? But I just didn't care. That is what I wanted to look like. And that's how I would dress up to conferences and professional events. And I feel like I would get the side eye, like, oh, you're a dentist. Like, why are you trying to be some fashion girl that this makes no sense? But I truly just tuned out all the noise because there's really no reason why all of it can't be a thing. I love dentistry. That's my career. I love fashion. I like doing photo shoots. I like being creative and making ideas to make videos and reels. Like, why not? Who says what you can do? Absolutely. I agree with you. And I also feel like I had a similar situation also in the pandemic of just realizing I'm I'm an event planner. I work in the event industry. It's, It's my career. It's what I love to do. But on top of that, I love public speaking and I love listening to podcasts. I love talking to people about what they do and seeing how we can collaborate or anything like that. And I did the same thing with starting the podcast because I was like, I finally have a moment to breathe to do that. Yeah. And I think that, I think that was like a big thing for a lot of people who, who really gets to pause for three months. Like, when is that ever a thing, especially if you're a New Yorker, it's just this hustle and bustle, go, go, go attitude, you know, trying to like strive to get to the best. There would never be a time when someone would wake up and be like, you know what, I'm just going to take three months off and figure out what it is I really love. So I think that was like a really great opportunity for a lot of people. And obviously, you know, you kind of got into doing the podcast and they can tell how much you really love it. And it's, it's important to be able to do something that you love every single day. Yeah. It didn't, it took me until this time to realize that, and this is like sad to say, but that like, I've always been very fortunate to do what I love. Like I'm in an industry that I'm so passionate about. I love, I love talking about weddings. I love hearing about people's weddings. And the second somebody gets engaged, I'm there helping them. I'm always like, like, that's just, that's like a big part of me, but Mo- uh, there's so many people out there who don't do what they love or don't have that. Sad, sad, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, it's interesting. Like you love event planning. I actually love event planning. And before I went to dental school, my mom was like, Bridget, you need to become a wedding planner. That was always the topic of conversation because I would plan every event in our family. And like, you know, that was just like, oh, there was a party. We're just going to plan it because I just love it. I'm super organized, which I'm sure you are as well. So um, it's funny because we like, we both did ballroom dancing. You're actually a professional event planner. I was just like, you know, dabbling in event planning, but I I love teeth. 
Yes. You <laughs> Um, I actually planned our wedding while I was a third year dental student and everyone's like thought that I had an, a, we- a wedding planner and I was like there's no way that I would give control that kind of control to anyone else with my wedding we had a 450 person wedding wow and I'm, the third year of dental school is like the most psychotic so <laughs> that was fun but but like it doesn't surprise me that you did that like of course you did you're like oh not give that I could not give that up to someone else like there is absolutely no way I I have people ask me all the time like when I get married will I hire a planner and I'm like you probably will not I'm like I don't hire a helper yeah my my boyfriend was like well who's gonna handle it the day of and I was like knowing me as a person I'm probably still going to be on site like calling the shot I won't allow that we're gonna have a day of person for you my husband's sister's getting married this summer and I literally just imagine myself at her wedding in my gown wearing a headpiece of okay. course yeah right. next <laughs> like that's gonna be me but you're not allowed to do that at your wedding so I know it's uh it will be the thing is the good thing about being in the industry is I know all the good people yes so I guess my fear is too like once you choose somebody, then it like almost aligns you. And then I feel bad. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, Oh, I'm excited for when you're going to be getting married. That's going to be epic. Oh, thank you. Oh, I, I said, let's go. I said, I said to my boyfriend, we actually talked about this this morning. I was like, my fear is like, I have FOMO. Like, what if something just isn't like exactly what it should be? And he was like, who cares? It's our day. And I'm like, no, I hear you, but like, this is like kind of what I do with my life, you know? So, you know what it is? I realized this after our wedding, like you try to do so much because you want everyone to be happy. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who's not happy and it's okay too. You just have to make sure that you are happy because the day goes by so fast. I remember our wedding went by a blink of an eye. What, um, what can you tell everybody about your wedding? Because, you know, we got to know the glamour of the Dr. B wedding. We had a very quintessential like New York wedding. And I think that everyone who knows me knows how obsessed I am with Gossip Girl. Like it's just clearly evident. Um, so I was like, you know what? We have to get married in New York. It, you know, it was just like something that I always wanted. And we got married at the Waldorf Astoria. Super New York, like New York staple. And um, I, what can I say about our wedding? Our wedding was everything that I possibly could have dreamed of. Today, I feel like I don't know if I would have such a huge wedding again, as, as amazing as it was. I feel like it was so chaotic. I don't think I said hi to every single person at our wedding. Well, you had a lot of people there. 450 is a lot. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of people. But um, it was amazing. We had a three-day wedding. And wow. Yes. So we had a lot of people fly in from different, from like from Israel and from Russia, because we're both... Um, Russian so a lot of people flew in and it's like you know you have to entertain everyone for a long time so we had a welcome dinner then we had the main the main wedding day which was at the Waldorf Astoria and um it was like I think like a typical wedding they give you a package they're like okay it's like five hours I think our wedding was like 12 hours not (laughs) Russian Jewish weddings can't be five hours because yeah just the cocktail hour is actually like three hours because everyone wants to come and mingle and like see each other's outfits and all that kind of stuff 
and then the hoopah and then the party. So our wedding was super long, but very, very fun. Like at the end, everyone was dancing on the stage. Um, I had like my friends from demo school, like rapping, like it was just very, very fun. And then the next day we had another party which was 250 people. So it was like another wedding the very next day. So that one was, um, I forgot the name of where it was. It was in the city, like overlooking the water. I forgot. Oh, Gustavinos is where it was. You know okay. that place? And that one was just so fun for me. I think I had more fun on the second day than the main wedding because the main wedding was so nerve wracking. And I remember like waking up at like six in the morning, getting ready. It actually felt like a dance competition. I felt like I was getting ready to go to a dance competition. I was saying that the whole morning. And then we went to go take pictures in Central Park, which was amazing. Cause like all the little kids at the park were like, like they thought they were like watching a princess movie, which was so cute. And I, the one thing I like will never forget about my wedding was when we were about to walk down the hoopah and like the bridal party was going and it was just about to go. I, I think that was the moment that it hit me that I was getting married because the whole day felt like we were running through um, a list of things to do, get ready, go to the park, take the pictures, do the makeup. And then right when I was right about when those like shutters were about to open for me to walk down was when I had a complete emotional breakdown and started hysterically crying. And my parents are there because they're going to walk me down the aisle. So my mom looks at me, she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Do you not want to walk? I was like, no, I'm going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't understand what's going on she thought I was like freaking out I, I think it was just like all the emotions of the day finally like made me believe that I'm actually getting married which is so crazy that's yeah. awesome though I think um I'm I'm also Jewish and there's just the traditions involved and and the football, like you said, yeah. like I, I told my husband, I was like, we're repurposing that football. Like we have to have it in our reception too. It was so sad because the hoopah was our fa my favorite part of our wedding. Like the decor, I worked so hard to like design that with my yeah. designer. And that was my favorite thing. And it was like, so sad that that's it. Yeah. Hoopah. Because you use it just for this short amount of time. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't have that. Like we need, we need it for more. We need it for like throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah it's like you know the traditions like that and breaking the glass and all these things yeah. it, it's really nice in in a Jewish wedding I did almost fall off the chair though when we were doing the Hora and they were trying to pick me up I did I did quite fall off the chair <laughs> my god yeah that's actually a fear of mine for sure the glass is so slippery the tool yeah what um what kind of dress did you wear so of course you know it couldn't be easy I went and tried on every dress there was in New York and I was like, you know what? I just want something really different. So I actually had my dress custom made in Lebanon by a Lebanese designer and his name is Eli Youssef. So we like designed the dress over Skype. So we would talk on Skype, he would send fabric and sketches and things like that. And then when the dress was done, he sent it to Miami to a bridal boutique called Chernaya. I don't know if you've ever heard of that boutique, but they have like, they do a lot of trunk shows with like Eastern designers and um that and then I went to Miami to try on my dress and he actually came and he hand delivered it and I had like my first fitting and it was it was beautiful it was very special so I couldn't decide if I wanted like a mermaid dress or the princess dress so naturally I was like oh I need to have the best of both worlds I want both so I had a mermaid dress that had like a huge skirt that you kind of clipped on to the back so I wore the huge skirt during the hoopah so I had that moment and then at the party we took it off and I had you know the smaller dress that's honestly that's like the best way to go it's like 
I always say, even like with hair, it's like, it's nice to wear it like somewhat down or half of half down for the ceremony. But once you get to that reception, it's easier to put it up because you're on the dance floor. It's a lot of movement. That's why I had my hair up because I was like, you know what? I mean, being a dancer, I was like, I know we're going to be dancing all night. If I keep my hair down, I'm going to look like a mop within 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I had a beautiful bun and loved it. But yeah. I, I think that that look is so sleek and it also, it's like, you don't have to worry about things becoming out of place. Yeah. I, I see just from working a lot of weddings that people will do the all down look with the curls and it's Beautiful. like, yeah, it works for a little while. And then the second you're on the dance floor, it falls flat. Actually, there is only one person who can make your curls not fall flat. And I had my curls the second day. These curls don't move. You can get picked up in a tornado and these curls will not move. And um, the person who did my hair is Mustafa. Do you know who Mustafa is? Like hair by Mustafa, I think is his Instagram. So he did my hair. I'll have to send you a picture of it. These curls will not move ever. I think I was washing my hair out for one week after. Like they (laughs) won't, will not move. It was fabulous. So I did one. Did both bun the first day, curls the second day. Clearly, I can't make decisions because I need to have it all. So, uh, but but it's a time of your life where you need to. Yeah, it's hot. Listen, I always say I'm like, if I try on a dress, I am I gonna have dress regret? Where I like pick one and then I have no. regret. No, I think you'll know. You'll yeah. definitely know. <laughs> but the interesting thing is like how you change as a person and your style changes. Because like, you're going to look at your wedding dress five years later and you'll still love it, but you'll be like, oh, if I did it today, I might've worn a different dress. But that's, I feel like that's the case with anybody. That's definitely the case. I mean, I look back on like, you know, you know, we look back on our parents' pictures and stuff and you're like, that might've been in then, but I'm definitely not doing that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about what you think. Yeah, we are all about the smile. Um yeah. What do you think now? First, let's talk about like braces, adult braces. How far in advance, if somebody is getting married, how long should they expect to have those? And like, what are the options now? So it's, it's uh, very dependent on like what the person's coming in with and what their goals are. Cause everyone has a different goal for their smile. Most of the time with brides, they want a bright, white, beautiful smile and straight teeth. So if you know that like you you feel like there's a lot to be done in terms of straightening your teeth, sometimes you need orthodontics for like a year. It could be for up to two years. In today's day and age, a lot of things could be done with clear aligners like Invisalign. And you can kind of skip the braces step. It really depends on the situation, but with clear aligners, there's a lot that you can get away with. You don't really see it. Um, but I would say like, just to be safe for any bride, you should come to the dentist a year before your wedding, like get engaged and go to the dentist and see what's up. If it's as simple as you have a beautiful smile and you need little tweaks with whitening and possibly some composite bonding to reshape the teeth that could be done like one to two months in advance before the wedding. But if you need to do adult orthodontics where you can wear Invisalign or braces that could really be like eight months. It could be a year. There's a lot of advances in ortho world too, because 
when you wear clear liners, like bracelet, like the Invisalign, you basically wear one tray for two weeks. So let's say you needed 20 trays to get your teeth straight, 20 trays times two weeks, that's 40 weeks, right? So now we're getting into like eight, nine months. But if you're a good candidate, depending on what your mouth looks like, there are ways to speed this process up. So instead of wearing one tray for two weeks, you could wear it for three to four days and we're cutting the time and like like 70% cutting the time yeah. by doing something called Propel, where it's like a microdermabrasion of your gums and bone and it makes your teeth move faster to the place that we want them. So there are definitely ways that the process could be sped up, but it doesn't work for everyone. And that's why I always say like, you need to be evaluated properly by the dentist so that those things can happen. And the one thing I'll say to steer clear from is doing at home orthodontics, which is like a really big thing right now. People are like ordering their own aligners and it's like, would you do surgery on yourself? No. So let the dentist and the orthodontist do their job in like moving their teeth. But with brides, like what I've noticed is because they get so wrapped up in their wedding planning, which is completely normal, they'll come like the day before and even with things like whitening like my favorite whitening to do is called core and it's a very slow and steady wins the race wins the race whitening where we make custom trays and you're whitening your teeth at nighttime while you're sleeping for like two to three to four weeks it depends on what shade you you come up with right if your teeth are super white and you need a little boost maybe you'll wear it for a week but if you really need like a deep deep whitening it could take three weeks of at-home whitening plus one hour in office so we really can't start like five minutes before the wedding right also like when you're a bride you know you have your engagement photos you have a bridal shower there are so many things going on so you know maybe you want to get started before not right before the wedding and just like have your teeth kind of aligned and white and pretty for all those events Absolutely. So that one is an overnight wear you're saying. Yeah. So the core whitening is we basically make you trays that look like Invisalign, like a clear retainer. And you put the gel into each part of the tray for your tooth and you kind of pop it in and you go to sleep. So the reason I like this one is because it is so much less sensitive than just coming in and getting that like blast of the light because that creates a lot of sensitivity and like you're leaving with these zaps. And I feel like that whitening, even though it does get your teeth white, it doesn't stay for as long of a time because it doesn't penetrate the tooth as much as opposed to doing the one that I like to call the slow and steady one. Every night that you're whitening, like your teeth have pores, like your face and the pores are opening and the whitening is kind of getting in, getting in little by little every single day. And it just lasts so much longer because it's like bringing out the core color of your tooth. Yeah. I did, um, I did teeth whitening like in the office, like a bunch mm-hmm. of years ago. And, um, I know things have probably like changed so much since even then, but yeah, it make it could make your teeth so sensitive if you're not used to something like that. It can, of course it's all temporary. Like the sensitivity will go away. Yeah. Um, I just like to do things that are like you know, very quality. And uh, I think the core whitening is amazing. And the best part about it is like your trays and then you do your own upkeep. So if you have a party coming up and you want that little boost, you put a little gel, pop it in, good to go. Yeah. And it's actually a little, I feel almost in a way like safer than the ones that you have to put in for like a half an hour or an hour because- Like the ones, like the ones that you would get um, like on Instagram, like those type of contraptions. Yeah, probably. So, like the like the light that goes like this. 
I'm scared to use that. I'm like, I don't think I should put, I should be putting light on my teeth on my own. No, I wouldn't. You know, a lot of those things that you'll see that you could buy and do it by yourself. The reason that they'll create extra sensitivity at home is because you kind of put the gel into a line and then just like plop it on your teeth. So now that gel is getting all over your gums and your gums are really sensitive. So when we do the in-office procedure, we actually block out the gums with the material that makes sure that none of the whitening gel gets on your gum. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. And at home, obviously you can't do that for yourself. And it's just like this whitening gel just like gets all over the place and then your gums are getting burnt and it's the whole entire thing. Yeah. Basically what we're, what we're telling you people is to go to the dentist. smile to the professionals. Like, don't be trying to like do it on your own. Yeah. And like, my biggest thing is get engaged, book your venue, go to the dentist. And even if you're not starting right now, like I just had a bride um, the other day and she's like, you know what? My wedding's in a year. I was like, good. I'm so glad you're here. So we have a whole plan. We know we're going to do phase one in this part of the year and phase two here. And we're going to get your smile wedding ready. You know what I mean? This way we know exactly what we want to do and have the time to do it. And even if your treatment plan doesn't even need that much, so you know, went to the dentist. So you know, okay, I'm going to start three months before the wedding and you'll come back then. Perfect. No yep. stress. So everybody, you heard it here first. Get engaged, go to the dentist. Exactly. Don't be <laughs> messing up the plan. Yes. <laughs> so now you, now, now that we got, we got teeth down, what we're going to do, we learned all about Dr. B's 450 person NYC wedding. I got to ask you, you have a new venture also up in the jewelry business. Yeah. So what can you tell us about that? How did this come about? A lot of people are like, how are you like making necklaces? What's going on? So when I graduated from dental school, my sister actually got me a necklace with a little tooth on it that I think was a custom made necklace. And I started wearing it and everyone was just like, what is this tooth? What's this tooth? It's so cute. It's so cute. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, this tooth is so important to me because it's like my good luck. I feel like I graduated dental school. That was the gift I got. It reminds me every single day of like what I love to do, how hard it was and how hard I worked to kind of get here. And it's such a special tooth to me. Like Literally, I kid you not, if it would ever, if I would ever like lose it or misplace it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't go to work tomorrow without, without my like lucky tooth. I just like, for me, that's it. Like I cannot live without the necklace. And so many people loved it. And I was like, you know what? Other people would love this necklace too. And it could be just as important to them. Like it's my little like good luck token. And I love fashion, love doing everything that revolves around fashion. I was like, you know what? This is the perfect way for me to tie in my love for teeth, fashion, kind of helping other people. So I was like, why don't we, why don't we do the tooth? So I designed the tooth, made a diamond one, obviously, because we all love a little sparkle. Of course. I'm actually wearing it right now, the little diamond tooth. Love it. And it's it's cool because you can reverse it and wear it on the plain gold side. So I started designing that with my jeweler and I was like, you know what, let's, let's turn this into a thing. I can't even tell you like, probably hundreds of dentists at this point have asked me about the tooth. And the interesting thing is like being in a Jewish community, people would come up to me and be like, is that a high or is that a tooth? Like, you know what? It works. Both I ways. didn't even think about that. Yeah, I was like, this comes so for both. So we're like, let's go, let's do the tooth. And 
naturally that turned into a photo shoot, which turned into video making. And I had all these ideas of like how I want to present the tooth and make it fun. And I think that, I think it was super fun. And I, I'm really happy with the way that everything came out. People are loving the tooth. They're ordering the tooth. Like 500 people, I think, entered the giveaway. Like everyone really wants this tooth. Oh my God. That is so awesome. And there's more to come. The necklace is just the beginning. I mean, hello, not surprised with you. Yeah. <laughs> we can't just leave it as a one and done. There will be more. No, of course that not. we're working on. And, you know, it really goes to show you as like a businesswoman growing in your career, growing personally, that, you know, you can be multifaceted, do all of these things, basically kind of combine all these different worlds, but also make it your own. 150%. Like there's a way to tie in all your passions and make them all make sense. It, I feel like before I kind of struggled with that, but now it just seems like it's like coming a little bit more naturally in that, in that sense where like, yeah, jewelry, I'm not a jewelry designer nor a jewelry in my business, but why not? Let's do it. Yeah. And why? even when you were asking me, you're like, oh, I always see you kind of modeling for Islands East Side and things like that. Like, so Christina and I went to high school together and it's funny because we were not even as close friends in high school as we are today. Now we're just like attached at the hip and we sit on one chair. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I love the bags. I think Christina's amazing. Everything that she designs is amazing. And when, um, when she just started her business, like one of the first bags that she made was actually for me. Like she came to my office and she brought me this bag and she's like, you know, I'm starting this new thing. And I was like, this is amazing. And that was like three years ago when she, when she started and since then, you know, we grew super close. Like she's one of my best friends and she knows how much I love taking pictures and modeling. And she's like, do you want to be on the shoots? I was like, of course I want to be on the shoots. I love being on the shoots. And because I have an addiction to shopping and clothing, she'll be like, you know what? This is the next theme of my shoot. Like, do you have anything that works? I'm like, yep. I'm like this, like pulling <laughs> rabbits out of a hat. Yep. I have this. Yep. I have that. Let's go. So we, you know, we work, I help in the sense that like, I can be a model on call any time of the day, love all the bags. And, um, we're actually like working on something together right now, right now as well. That will be very exciting. Again, tying in like my fashion and dentistry and working together with another woman entrepreneur who happens to be one of my best friends. So it's just like, it's fun. It's really nice to work together and create you guys, magic. You guys also kind of show that like, you show exactly what needs to be shown now in 2021 that like, it truly is like a woman's world. It is. And that as business women, there's really like, you know, there's nothing that we can do. And, you know, I also, it seems like, and you know, it seems just based on uh, your Instagram and stuff that your, your husband is like very, very supportive. <laughs> yes. He's very involved. Which well, is he's definitely involved. And that, I mean, that's amazing though. And it, it just, times have changed so much. It's even over the last 10 years, we're seeing so many more like female CEOs and companies being started. And, you know, it's stuff that I've spoken about with Christina also. And I think, you know, throughout this pandemic, you both have shown that a pandemic can't bring you down either. It's just like, 
it brings out almost more creativity. I think that is basically what happens. Cause you know, for me personally, like I think I'm very creative and I can come up with like very innovative ideas, but I can't do it when I'm so stressed and I'm so busy. There is no space for it. And during the pandemic, when I actually, you know, wasn't working as much because, you know, the office was closed for three months, I had ample time to be creative and think. So like all that creative juice needs to flow in, you need space for it to flow. So, you know, one of the things I struggle with is like finding the balance between my work life, personal life, and like having some time to chill. That's, that's very hard because I feel like I'm working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But um, when I do find that time, that's when I can like be creative and come up with ideas. When I'm trying to force it, nothing happens. Like no ideas come to me. Absolutely. I feel like my, my best ideas come for me the second that I put my head down at night and then I'm like, where's my phone? <laughs> I know. I have to read my phone notes. and open up the notes. I'm like, oh, this is a fabulous yeah. idea. Yeah. And I, I have the same thing. I also know, you know, for me, also being like a businesswoman working in the wedding industry, just working, just also having my own side projects on the side. I have a hard time taking time to myself too. It's hard. It's hard because you want to do so much and you're just so excited. But I realized that when you do calm down like that for me personally, that's when things start coming together and clicking because like you could see it. Yes. Absolutely. I, I agree. If, if this pandemic truthfully, it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. And my husband says that all the time, actually. Yeah. Like if, if it didn't happen, I would have never slowed down because I like this forced me to slow down. Yeah. And if that didn't happen, I don't, the other things that are going on for me probably wouldn't have come to fruition because I was so focused in other places. A hundred percent. As sad as everything is that around the pandemic there, you know, you have to find the good in things. And I think that, that, that forced pause was very necessary for everyone. And for me too, I, I really needed it. I feel like I was overrun and, um, looks yeah. like you were too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But you know, now we've, uh, we figured out a little bit of balance. I mean, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. The, the scales do tip in the other direction more so than I would like, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, it's a lifelong, um, journey. I don't want to say battle, but it's a journey. No, no, lifelong journey for sure. Like, I think you see me and, um, Christina always talk about our life coach, Masha. Yep. So she always says that, like, it's, it's just a, it's a journey forever to find this balance. Like one day you could be here, one day you could be there. It's, it's just continuing on forever (laughs) yeah I mean I guess that's just life yeah so I had um you know another question for you kind of like off topic but you have posted a lot about how you're a breast cancer advocate and being that this podcast is geared a lot toward women I'm not going to say there's no men out there who listen there are but um a lot of women, you know, you, you went through something so young, but you definitely, you know, like have handled it so positively while being able to be an advocate for other women who are going through this. What, you know, what can you tell us about your journey with that? And, you know, kind of like any advice that you have to anyone who, who might be going through that right now? 
Yeah. So it is definitely very crazy that that's something that I went through. I mean, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer when I was 26 years old, which is like not something that you would ever think that you would wake up to hear. And it was as much as like in the moment, I did have moments where I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like what is going on? You know, losing all your hair, eyelashes, eyebrows. I was so, so sick, like doing chemo for months and months and surgery. Like it was so crazy. And, but now being on the other side of it, I feel like, I don't know who else would probably say this, but I do think it was like necessary in my life to kind of get me to be the person who I am today, because I don't think I appreciated things as much as I do now, then even the little things of like going to dinner with my husband or spending time with my family, like everything was just like this rush, 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 go, 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 never slow down, never appreciate anything. Cause like, I wasn't able to live in the moment at all while I was doing this. I was thinking about that always. And it was again, like this forced pause that I never asked for because I had to stop life for like eight months minimum to do all my treatments and things like that. And now I just feel like it's part of my purpose to help others. Like there's should be a bigger reason why this happened to me. And like, I'm a doctor. I help, I help patients. Like the fact that this happened to me, I can't just move on from it, close my eyes and pretend like it never happened. I speak to girls who are going through breast cancer every single day. I've lent my wigs out to people. Um, like tell everyone my little tips of like a bra to get after a double mastectomy or like certain things you could do during chemo. And I feel like my number just gets passed around New York city and I will go and FaceTime with girls who I don't know, who end up becoming my friends, who end up coming to the office, becoming my patients. And like, it's just like this whole other world. And the second you find another person with breast cancer and you guys start talking, that's it. It's like this intimate connection. You're like, your friends for life, even if you don't know each other. It's like, imagine I'm talking to a brand new person I've never spoke to before. And they're like, what do your boobs look like after a mastectomy? I'm like, well, do you want to see? This is what it looks like. And now here I am showing a girl I've never met what it's going to look like when she gets her surgery, because that's something that you need to be mentally prepared for because people don't talk about it. People don't really like advertise it. And I think that especially in the young breast cancer world, it's even more, I think it's even harder when you're younger because people are starting their life. Maybe they just got married. Maybe they don't even have a boyfriend and they're like, how am I going to have my confidence to like find a boyfriend after all of this? So I think that you need support no matter what at any age, any time, but especially when you're younger. So for me, it's like, I can't just pretend that this didn't happen. I I feel that there's a huge pull for me. Like I need to help every single person that comes to me in any capacity that I can. Cause like, there is a bigger purpose of my being sick. It couldn't just be like, oh, I got sick because I'm an unlucky girl. It can't be like that. Well, it's also being on the other side of things and you having this platform to speak to people. I think it almost gives like, you, it's it's a sense of feeling like you know that you're doing more to help the situation um and it's i know i i i don't have that background but i did actually get sick in my early 20s so i understand that feeling of i remember being such a hypochondriac prior to it happening that when it happened like it was like I like 
mentally almost was like prepared because I psyched myself out for so many years before that it's one of those things that when you go through it, you don't realize how strong you are until then. And when you're on the other side, it just, it makes you feel grateful and humbled and you want other people in the same situation to feel like they're, you know, that they're going to be okay and that they have people who are there for them. Yeah. It's really hard when you're like really sick and you kind of don't see the light of the end of the tunnel. And I've definitely been there too. So you kind of want to see that other person who did get to the other side and that they're doing well and be like, you know what, that could be me too. So it's important. Wow. You, you just, you honestly, like you just amaze me. You have so many things like going on and then you're, you know, you know, even in all of your free time, like you're, you're, you know, focused on helping people through this and, you know, it's such a, it's such a blessing really. Thank you. I mean, I like, I had a lot of people helping and supporting me when I was sick too. So like it helped so much. I understand the value, how important it is. And it gives me purpose. It really does. Like that's the, that's the only way I can put it. Like, I, I just have to think of it as like, I got sick for a bigger reason. I'm here to help people. There has to like, it has to just make sense. And for me, that's what makes sense. That's you know what? I think that that's a beautiful thing. So I always say, you're like, oh, you have so much going on. Like I always say it to my husband. I'm like, I'm like a cat, like nine. I feel like I've lived nine lives at this point. Like there's so much happening. I have like this problem where even though I'm doing a million things, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Oh, a whole nother topic, but yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like a what are you talking about? Like I have everybody, I have everybody who comes to me and they're like, I feel like you're doing so much. It's still, it's so great. And I'm like, I'm like, it is, but like, I don't know. I'm just lacking over here. I'm like, when will like the, the glass half empty situation, just like erase from my mind. Yeah, that's hard. I struggle with that too. Cause I'm, I also feel like that. And like, you can look from the outside in thinking like, oh, that I do a lot of things, but I like will lay in bed being like, oh, but I, I'm not doing enough. But I'll be that, like, I didn't do this today. I didn't stick to the diet today. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a very internal struggle that deserves its own uh, conversation. It, it, it does. Yeah, it really does. You know, it's like, I know on days where I like skip a workout or something, then I'm like, laying in bed later, like, oh, I should have just worked out. Like, why didn't I do it? Now I'm behind. Now I'm not this. Or I live in a culture where we're not like, we are not um, taught to be nice to ourselves. Yeah. And we live in this culture of social media where everything is right in front of you of like people who are working out every day, eating right, you know, killing it in their career, uh, getting married, starting a family, like, and, and it all, like it makes it look like it's all, you know, roses all the time. It's not, it's most definitely not. That's one of the downsides of social media. It does create a lot of stress for others. Like even me looking at people's Instagrams. I know me too. Sometimes I'm like, let it go. People only want you to see their happy moments. It's true. (laughs) I mean, that's why I've actually been trying hard to like show in the not happy moments too, because I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Um, Because there is so much, I'm so much more like, 
it's not all perfect. And that's the case when people need to see that. Yeah. So Dr. B, one, it has been a pleasure to have you on today. You have my wheels turning just what I needed, you know, more wheels turning. More, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, where can everybody follow you so they can like, learn about, you know, your dentistry, your jewelry line, your fashion, everything and more, and, you know, kind of get their smile ready for their big day. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I could not have imagined starting my Sunday morning any other way. Um, You guys can follow me on my Instagram, which is dr underscore Bridget. And that is where you will find all things fashion, teeth, jewelry necklace line and all the other things that I have coming this year and yeah all the brides come at me yeah they they better all come at you they got to get these teeth in check and don't be coming three days before the wedding like get yes. together the rule is you get engaged you book a venue you go to the dentist that's it that's it <laughs> that, that's the new that's the new rule I got to post about that that's yeah. so <laughs> That's the new rule. That's the schedule. Put it into words like that, but it just works. These brides want a schedule. We're giving it to you. Literally. (laughs) Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Bride Tender Podcast, where we have a new episode every single Monday. You can catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And of course, if you want to put our faces to our names and our voices, you can check us out on YouTube. Um, if you're not already following me on Instagram, please go follow me at The Bride Tender for all fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day, and of course, hiring the best in the business for your wedding make sure to go follow Dr. Bridget um, for all things teeth, smile, fashion, advocacy, um, jewelry line. You know, she is doing the most over here and we want to support all of her ventures. Um, Until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.